Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Xbox Newscast Podcast. I'm the host, Colt Eastwood, and I'm here with the one and only Mr. Matty Plays from YouTube, the famous Mr. Matty Plays. <laughs> a little uh, too kind, yeah. but sure. Thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> this guy over here, he has 444,444.44 subscribers, something like that. <laughs> no, but he's, he's somewhere around there. Uh, changing every time, but uh, he's joining me here to talk about the hot gaming news of the week. Uh, Mr. Matty Plays, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. This has been the juice to my day. I was telling you off air, but I was like, man, I have th- I have done three podcasts today, and this has been the lifeline. It's like I got to get to the cult chat. So thank you for having me. I'm I'm really excited to be here. We're going to talk all things Xbox, Bethesda, all that good stuff. You said E3. This sounded this sounded like the perfect show to get me on. It was everything I w- that was right up my alley. Right. Yeah, I've been thinking about that because I thought, what a good reason for us to meet uh, to do a show. So. Mm-hmm. This is perfect. So you've been on YouTube for a while, so there might be one, maybe two people who don't know everything about you, but give us a quick rundown (laughs) of uh, where you, what egg you cracked out of and why you (laughs) got to this place you are on, on YouTube and in the gaming community. Yeah, man. So I, I love RPGs. That was sort of my 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 first start was uh, covering Skyrim. That's really where I broke out. And so I have a bit of a Bethesda heritage. Uh, over the years, I covered the likes of Fallout 4. And after that finished, you know, I sort of had this, 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 this midlife crisis when I was like 20. And I was like, what do I do next? And so I had to figure out what other RPGs uh, would I dive into. And so I started to spread my wings to the likes of Kingdoms of Amalur and Cyberpunk, as many people know, The Outer Worlds, uh, Vampire, like anything that has role playing that looks remotely interesting. I'm probably talking about we just reviewed Biomutant, which we might be talking about today a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, that has uh, really because Xbox has started to acquire all these RPG developers. We start up the show Defining Duke and it, it worked out where Xbox is just buying everyone I like. So it's like, hey, <laughs> we're running a show with a that that uh, about a company that owns pretty much every every single developer I've ever been interested in. So from Exile to Obsidian, Bethesda Game Studios. Um, so yeah, it's just 
lot of role-playing games over on Mr. Matty Plays on YouTube. Oh, yeah, that's really, like, that's perfect because it seems like Xbox has grabbed all of the Western RPG teams, all the major mm -hmm. ones, and uh, that's really cool. Like, there's going to be a lot of games because I feel like sometimes I, when I want to really invest in a game, I need to have a level up. I need to have perks. Yeah. I need to put my gear in. It's like, it's all part of the whole experience. <laughs> and uh, you built your channel off of talking about robust games that you spend 80 to 100 hours in. Yeah, it's, it's, I was just talking to a, a buddy of mine, Jimmy Champagne, who helps out with Austin Evans. And he was saying like, it's kind of crazy. You've built this whole channel off of role-playing games. I was like, yeah, because none of them are short. None of them are short. So when I'm reviewing them, it's not just like for some people, it's like, oh, it's another video free. It's like a 30-hour thing because you got to play it, write about it, produce it, all that stuff. So I love it though. So it makes it kind of easy. But uh, yeah, as we branch out and do other things, um, it's it's made that even more of a rewarding content loop. Yeah, that's great. I'm. <laughs> I was funny because I haven't really been into fantasy RPGs. But when you talked about Skyrim, Mm -hmm. uh that game won me over uh the funny story oh, yeah. is my friend bought it on xbox 360 he's like oh, i think i want to play it on pc and he's like will you buy my copy i'm like hey i don't know if i want to play a game like that you know i'm not <laughs> into dungeons and dragons and he, he just brought it over to me and within 20 minutes i was like yeah i'm going to be playing this game for like the next month and um bethesda is amazing and as an xbox fan to see them coming in that is incredible uh mantis toboggan md the doctor he uh just gave a two dollar super chat just to say hey look i'm here i'm watching mr maddie plays and cold eastwood talking right. about gaming we haven't even really got into it we're just kind of giving the backstory uh hey, you, I'm sound, good with that. you seem like you're pretty young if you said the 20s i, I don't even remember when i was in my 20s <laughs> i'm 25 so we're getting up there i said my, my joke is i say to everyone i'm closer to 30 now than i am to 20 which which is which is kind of sad, but I'm trying to embrace it a little bit. You know, I'm getting I'm getting on now. Um, but yeah, on the note of Bethesda, you were talking about Skyrim, and I always have this funny story because you were just like, "Oh, I don't know if I'm going to play this," and it's such a stark contrast from what I did, which was I failed a class. Like I I would go to a computer class and I'd, I'd read all the previews. I previews I'd already read. And I'd sit there and just not pay attention to what the teacher was saying. I just continue to read and look up more about this game when it came out. I went all in on my guides. Like I went crazy with it. This wasn't even a job or anything close to it at this point. Mm -hmm. But it's just so funny to hear someone go like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to play this. I was like, I'm I'm throwing everything away for this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. What a great. Oh, what a great game. And it still holds up. Even when I get back into it on the FPS boost or using the mod on console. Yeah, it still holds up. Oh, yeah. You know, there's another massive RPG that is near and dear to our hearts. My heart, especially. Uh, that has totally enthralled me like no other. And it is the long-awaited Mass Effect Legendary Edition, the trilogy. What What is going on with you in Mass Effect? Have you already played it out on PC and console? Yeah, so story? I have been covering... That's one game that was like in my wheelhouse of coverage for about over a year. I started covering it in January when there was... um the rumor from Jeff Grubb that, that, Hey, they're going to be remastering this trilogy. And so immediately I was like on top of it. I was like, we gotta, we gotta talk about this. Um, and so finally it's out. Yeah. I've been playing it a lot. I've been streaming most of my playthrough and I have an editor working on like a super cut is what I'm calling it. So they're taking these Ooh. massive three hour archives and they're just shrinking them down to these 20, 30 minute videos, uh, just kind of like a highlight reel. And I'm really excited about that. Cause I never tried playthrough content. Cause I think, there's no offense to anyone who does playthroughs, by the way, but like 
I don't find them super interesting. Like I want to just get to the good stuff. I don't want to wait to find it. So the idea is just to make something that just takes my whole right now. I'm like 20 hours into the first mass effect. I'm almost done with it. Cause I would have already been done with it, but I've been streaming it all. Um, okay. just taking all of that and just shrinking it down to this like multi-hour thing in total. So yeah, I've been loving some Mass Effect. Uh, I cannot wait to get to two. You've been posting screenshots of that game, and I'm like, I need to get my hands on it, man. <laughs> oh my gosh, that game is... Um, that, I have some history with it. it. It's one of the first major games I played on the Xbox 360. It came in kind of late, mm. and uh, it just won me over. I think I, I did like a, a new game plus, then I made the female Shepherd and went through the whole thing and did the completionist right. thing. So it's amazing. And playing the... Uh, the remaster, they improved the shooting just enough to just make it feel like uh, just a top-tier experience. But yeah. when I got into 2, it just reaffirmed to me that it's one of the best games. And I don't think they make games like this uh, anymore. No. I, when I'm, I'm playing Mass Effect 2, and it's so well-rounded, well-paced. It just does all these things. It looks so punchy, and it just has such a great feel. I'm like, where has this been? Uh, Faisal Ashan says in the super chat, love the podcast Colt. Another great guest in Maddie. Of course, Thank you. Love Mr. Maddie plays and game bread, uh, says if Maddie doesn't talk about my, how much he loves KOTOR for at least an hour, I'm unsubbing to both of you. Just kidding. Love the show so far. Colt. Awesome. So we, we have just over 700 people watching. If you're just joining us or you're listening on demand, we are on podcast uh, platforms, Spotify, Apple, and Google, which makes it really nice if you're at the gym. Oh, imagine working out at the gym listening <laughs> to Colton Matty talk. Don't, don't have your headphones up too loud. Someone might call you a nerd. Ah, I love it. I love it. Um, I'm guilty of that, man. I'll go on jogs as a podcast, and people probably think I'm jamming out. And it's like, dude, I'm listening to like some guy talk about PlayStation or something or Xbox. It's just like, <laughs> oh, man, it's great. Yeah. So, uh, Anyway, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. But the Mass Effect trilogy, uh, the game's not clocking my time. Every time I have it on pause or I leave it on standby, it still continues to count. So it says I have 100 hours on on Mass Effect 2, but I probably have somewhere around 25 or 30. And Mm -hmm. I still have so much more content. I I don't know if anybody is listening to this show that hasn't played Mass Effect, that they've kept hearing about it for 12, 15 years and they haven't played. But, Maddie, should they play Mass Effect? Oh my God, please, please. Like, I, I will beg you. Like, I, I, I'm not even kidding. Like, if you have not tried it, it is one of the best sci fi role playing game series for a reason. And just like Colt was saying, like, yeah, yeah, man, like, there is nothing quite like it. I think the closest we've really sniffed to this is probably the Outer Worlds, which comes from Obsidian. Um, yeah. and that was like first person. The combat wasn't as punchy. Like, if anything, you, you play Mass Effect because number one, you can carry those saves over. There's so many ripple effects to the choices you make. Mm-hmm. It's it, it it truly is one of my uh actually he's in chat, Jake. Um, he put it perfectly. He said Mass Effect really and truly is a beginning, middle, and end. Like it every game has a purpose. It wasn't like they stitched together this franchise and figured it out as they went along because the first one was pretty decent. It was like they had a plan from day one. So if you care about these well thought out series, please support it, especially because like when you look at what Bioware has done recently. You know, I don't know how everyone feels about Andromeda and Anthem. I'm personally... They're probably right there with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm not crazy about them. Not crazy about them. I'll be nice. But I want people to support this type of stuff they're doing because they're starting to reportedly tap into doing single-player stuff with Dragon Age 4, Jason Schreier said. And so it's like, that's the path that they're best at. They 100% are. 
So support that stuff, man, because it is it, it actually is a good remaster. They didn't they didn't botch it. And um yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. It's a it, it's great bang for your buck too. 60 bucks, three games. Even if you beat them, you can replay them again and, and see all different outcomes. And you oh, get to punch a reporter. <laughs> which uh, which I've done. I'm actually going with a partial rent more mostly renegade playthrough. Mm-hmm. And yes. I'm getting a different I'm not used to my Colt Shepherd uh being a jerk. Mm-hmm. It's really, uh, it's jarring to me. Iceman uh, LMH says, let's go X and the X and C podcast. Mr. Maddie play. Let's go Mets. Oh, oh boy. We're suffering tonight though. So <laughs> <laughs> being a Mets fan is torturous. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> so, uh, Bioware has been teasing uh mass effect next. Uh, we probably, we don't know much about that, but, mm-hmm. uh, what are you expecting from them coming off of, uh, the lukewarm reception of Mass Effect Andromeda. I'm hoping that with N7 being in the trailer and you see Liara and you're seeing the the true success and excitement behind the original trilogy. I'm really hoping that they do just nail this. Um, I think it's clear that when you go back and work on a remaster, you're, you're probably doing a case study as well to see what works, what didn't work, what you liked about this series, to kind of like reconnect with the original creation of it. I'd be very shocked if Bioware wasn't passing data along about that while the other teams worked on that. I imagine it's many years away. You know, I think we're going to see Dragon Age 4 first, but when we see the next Mass Effect, what I've realized is going back into one, um, that I think people are going to start to appreciate Andromeda on the gameplay front a little bit more because you you don't really get Mass Effect 1's experience throughout the rest of the trilogy. The rest of it's all just like third person cover shooting and in these tight hub areas. And that's not bad. They, I think two and three are amazing. Um, so I hope they try this sort of, uh, I almost hope they want, they take the Andromeda approach once more gameplay wise, like more open, more exploration, have the vehicle kind of touch down on these uncharted planets, but they don't have to make it. And I think they said like one and a half years because they scrapped the whole thing, like stepping away from some of the procedural generation they were looking at. I'm yeah. hoping that it's just handcrafted Bioware because they've more than anything, they've tried to step into with Inquisition, Anthem, these very replayable experiences that become bloated. Um, and even when I went back to Inquisition, I do like the game to some extent. Now it struggles so much with its side content because they want you to be there for 90 hours instead of remembering, Hey, when we made 30 hour games with Mass Effect two, three, um, even the first one, that going back and you could replay them and see completely different things over and over and put 120 hours in instead. I feel like they lost some of that. And so my hope is as they continue to say they're reconnecting with this single player stuff, we're seeing it with this trilogy remaster. We're seeing it with Dragon Age 4. I'm, I'm really crossing my fingers that that's what they do is just make a highly replayable like 20, 30 hour game. Oh, that's yeah. where they're always at their best. Yeah, I feel like I really liked Andromeda's Combat but I didn't connect or like the characters that your crew or any of that, but the combat was so great. Like it, it did be- some things better than two and three did. It had a great feel, but uh, Cody Yon in the chat says, is mass effect one worth playing? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The cover yeah. system. Don't you, don't worry about the cover system. It's meant to um, be a run and gun, like keep on the move, use your powers or use your shooting. It's fantastic. I, I think it holds up really well. But it um, does. Yeah. So uh, 
let's see. I, I'm, I'm not sure if I should segue right into this next one. It's kind of a big one, uh, but you know, why not? It, it's sort of related. And yeah. I feel like we've been talking about it a lot, but we'll go right into the next sci-fi juggernaut uh, that we've never seen. And it's Starfield. <laughs> uh, well, you've yeah. been talking about Starfield a lot. You've been tweeting about it. You've been making content, talking about Starfield. What, what the heck is going on? What's, what's the controversy? Uh, get, get the audience up to, up to snuff with this. Yeah, so Starfield is um, a game I've actually I've covered this for a while. It's funny because someone sent me last year. I want to say it was an old video, and I was talking about trademarks. And I think it was in regards to Fallout Four before that even got announced. And I go, "Oh, and there's the Starfield game." And I literally say, "But who cares about that?" And I move past it. And it's so funny to look at that and then see my channel now, where I'm talking about these leaks and everything that's happening, and I'm like, it's insanely interested in it. Just that passage of time is, is hilarious to look at. As for what's happening now with Starfield, it had been reported pretty widely across the industry. Um, Jeff Grubb, we saw Jeff Jez Corden say it. We saw Xbox 2 just in general on their podcast say it. I remember, I think I saw someone from GameSpot say it. Like we saw generally across the industry, myself included, by the way, say like, hey, it's looking like Starfield. The, the goal, the aim is let's hit uh, fall 2021. That's what we sure. have been hearing. And over time, that started to shift. So about two, I want to say two weeks ago now, week and a half ago, um, I had gotten a message like, oh, it's it's looking more like it's 2022. I was not told, like Jason said, like late 2022. I was just hearing, oh, it's going to be 2022. And so I didn't update it because it was just one person who told me. Then my good friend Skolzy, who does a ton of, you think if I do a lot of Starfield stuff, for those who are watching, go check out Skolzy because my I God. Just talked to him. Yeah, I just talked to him. Yeah, my God. Him. This guy's all over everything Starfield. So if you're curious about that game at all, please do check him out. But Skolzy reported right away. He was like, yeah, it's looking more and more like 2022. Then Jeff Grubb said it. And I was like, okay, it seems like everyone's either hearing from the same source or we're on the same page now. Um, and eventually Jason Schreier came out, quoted a, a false rumor and said like, hey, this game's actually much further away than people realize. And it's coming late 2022. Um, which to me, the late part was what was the most surprising 2022 wasn't, it was like, everyone was leaving the door open on that. Like, Hey, there's a good chance. It's going to be 2022, just as good of a chance as maybe 2021. If lucky with COVID not getting in the way and all that stuff. But when Jason said late, I was like, Whoa, cause that shakes things up, right? That shakes up the whole landscape oh, yeah. of Xbox. You start to look at halo. It's like, is it going to be not for us, but like for everyone in general, it's going to be boring. Just having halo for some people. And does that mean that Game Pass is having an effect? I talked about the shakeout where, let's say hypothetically, we have a shakeout of uh, Halo, Forza, Wolfenstein. You got Starfield in the mix and maybe Fable in the fall. It's like if all of those are releasing quarterly, that's pretty strong for Xbox. And it's like that would make sense why you'd want that game there and give it the time it needs. Um, so I'm curious on some of your thoughts on it because I've sort of had my ear to the ground on it. I know you've been reporting on it a lot. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think of what's been transform with starfield uh you know and, and its potential release window okay so this is the, you are opening a huge can of worms L let me Let's jump go. into a, a quick some quick uh questions from the uh audience let me jump back uh, one minute i i i'll just make this quick uh valentin sure. says the quality of the next mass effect will depend on the creative team at bioware if the team is made up of Mass Effect veterans, I, I wanted to say that when you were talking about oh, what they sorry. will do next. I, I don't want to go jump back too far into Mass Effect, but we all know that Ray and Doctor, oh, God, I forget their names, the doctors from Mass uh, from Bioware are gone, and a lot right. of that team isn't there anymore. So uh, you've noticed 
that Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 have a different feel and their seriousness and their tone and their violence and different things. And it just kind of transforms into Andromeda. Uh, and then you get some corny <laughs> stuff in Andromeda. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the thing you have to remember. Uh, and I really don't like that a lot of games feel like the more content they push in, the more like reoccurring procedural stuff. It, Like you said, it ruins like that punchy feel. Uh, Marvin... Yeah. Ginyard said Mass Effect 1 is special. Oh, crud, and it went away. There it is. Uh, because as the best atmosphere, absolutely. Mass Effect 1 sets up the universe to tone, the way you're introduced to every race. It's amazing. And then for you, uh, Dovakin89 says, we need Dragon Age Legendary, a Dragon nah. Age 2 remake. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I've made a video after that game got officially announced. I was just like, I just totally like, so Dragon Age Legendary Edition. I was like, look, I know it's slow. We didn't even have Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I was like, but we got to talk about this, right? Like, that's what I said. I was like, we got to talk about the potential of Bioware going back and reworking some of those games. Because I could, you talked about opening up a can of worms with that. I think Mass Effect is mostly good as is. Like, I think you could have sure, just, sure. what they did was more than enough, right? With Dragon Age, I think there's many more problems that need to be fixed. And I'm like, that wouldn't be as simple as, as what happened with Mass Effect, which is why I'm hesitant to say they'll do it. But fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed so you're asking me about starfield as we move yeah. back into the other the other uh galaxy um yeah th this is the weird thing is because you know people attack uh these journalists and these insiders mm -hmm. uh, welcome ash stark thor new member hey if you join the channel membership i created these little cartoon icons of of uh popular xbox characters and you get those to show that, hey, you're hanging out with the channel. And Kidsmooth says, Mr. Matty, oh, he has a question for you. He wants oh. you to say something spicy. He says, Mr. Matty, is Halo Infinite and the unknown third-party AA exclusive deals enough for Xbox this year? I was hoping for Halo Infinite, Forza Horizon 5, and Starfield. Hmm. I guess he means by release. Hmm. Is it enough? Is Halo Infinite an unknown third party triple? I'm, I'm imagining AAA might have been what they were going for enough for Xbox this past year. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think fans are really hungry and justifiably so. So for mm -hmm. me, that's why I think a lot of people were were there was a expectation created by reports saying like, hey, it's possible they go for fall 2021. But there was also with that expectation of Starfield coming in the fall was like a strong desire because it was something new, right? Because yeah. Xbox lays out a pretty good game plan for this year that I was happy with. It was like, okay, we got stuff like the Ascent. We got these smaller titles that look really cool. But of course, Xbox fans are hungry for that heavy hitter. Um, so in my answer, like, yes, I think Halo has a chance to really do more damage than people realize because it's free to play. Like, I think it can, it can be a highly streamed game and more yeah, people yeah. are going to be on it than you think. I worry about stuff like with that free to play nature with Game Pass and stuff about microtransactions because I know there were some issues with monetization with gears th five and to some extent four. they made um, mistakes yeah for sure yeah and so i i worry about that a little bit where i think that can take away some of the thunder um i might be the wrong person to ask because i'm not as in strongly in love with like a forza horizon five like if i saw it i'd be like all right cool so for me is it enough probably not for most people i would say but that's just my opinion i i'm gonna i'm going to agree because if we just get Halo Infinite and Forza Horizon 5, which is very likely that uh, Starfield doesn't hit this holiday, which we're about to get into. The chat's like, where, where was the Starfield talk? Uh, you're basically looking at Halo Gears and Forza in 2021 with Gears Tactics uh, at the very end in 2020. But yeah, in a, in a year's time, uh, right. that's not that's not the way uh, that it should be. But here's where we where this 
segues right into what I was going to say when you asked me about Starfield is that these insiders heard from their sources who they trust and who have been right in the past that Halo or that Starfield was going to be a holiday 2021 game. And maybe that was the case, but we've also seen that many studios are experiencing three to six or even an entire year of delay because of studios sending their people home to work from home. So what happened like that you talked about is that Jason Schreier and other people who are close to sources had heard that the game was further out. So yeah, that's where this puts us in. Uh, does Starfield come out in the spring or before summer of 2022 or do they wait an entire year for 2022 mm-hmm. in the in the holiday? I don't think so because it always seemed like this game was ready. Like Todd Howard had made the tease and they were going to show the game at E3 and then release at the end of the year like they've done with all of their other big titles. So um, this is the mess that people are dealing with. And it's a game we've never even seen. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Bethesda hasn't officially really talked about it other than a little, uh, you know, nothing trailer of a satellite taking off into warp space. So um, what do you expect from Starfield? What do you think? Like people are like, is it going to be Fallout in space? Is it going to be Fallout 76 with a yeah. space helmet? What are you expecting no, it, it'll the be, game to play like? It'll definitely be single player. Uh, not even like a source thing. Just Bethesda said as much. So that'd be pretty bad yeah. if they walk back on that. I'm going to trust them on that. Um, I'm hoping for... I'm hoping for kind of like a a hybrid between Mass Effect, No Man's Sky, and Fallout. So, oh my gosh, you just said a bad word right there, No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah, I have my audience that I've talked to that I've created the, uh, some of the Starfield content for is a little worried about that that they could get a No Man's Sky type mm. game, which mm. appeals to a certain audience. But then there's a large portion of people who are used to a single player. Um, you know, which Snowman Sky is single player, but right. they're worried that it's going to be like so open ended and so so much freedom and creativity that it doesn't have that punch of following a storyline and right. interacting with characters. But Bethesda has you talk to as you get into port and you get and you go to different planets, like yeah. So right, so I, totally. I guess yeah. I should explain a little bit more because. For No Man's Sky, what I'm hoping for is it's sort of that getting your ship and go, kind of like that that freedom of exploration. Because what I always liked about that Fallout is very cool is that I, I I talked I touched on this a lot with Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Is one thing I like a lot about Bethesda Game Studios games is the point A to point B is like one of the highlights of the game because nothing's happening. Like you can just take in the world, you can see something in distance, and like that'll bring you to your next gameplay moment. And no other game really does it as well as I think of Bethesda Game Studios open world. So the idea oh, yeah. that if I could just get in my ship and take off, that's sort of the no man's sky I'm talking about and go to a new planet. What I'm hoping for is that's where the procedural content ends. <laughs> like give me same thing. I said with Bioware, I'm going to sound like a, bro- uh, a broken record here, but I can't stand procedural generated content. I can't, I understand it's got to happen for like the terrain of the world. Like you, you know, you got to have something to build on. It saves them time. I'm talking about the quests, the interaction with NPCs, the, the places you discover, I want them to be handcrafted by the beautiful hands, the artisans at Bethesda. I want them to put the work in because I don't want to build these settlements. If they have a settlement mode, which it looks like they do, that's fine. Just I don't need that to be the, the primary focus. I, I am totally okay with it. But yeah, I'm hoping for that. The, the, the Mass Effect comes in with the getting a crew almost or, or meeting companions and having them be on your ship uh, where you could kind of almost like you have a home base. Um and send them back there and they have their own companion quests and then like fallout where it's that that good exploration where you can just discover something in the distance and and go find a new quest like that's what i'm hoping for 
Um, yeah, nobody falls I mean, in love just, with a procedurally yeah. generated like outcropping of rocks and and weed, no, right? No, but never. But Bethesda, there was a source that said that they were going to use some form of procedural generation for landscapes, like you said, or maybe different uh, structures that you find. But mm-hmm. Bethesda's always crafted everything in their world, and like you said, I. I don't think there are many games where you can walk from one end of the map all the way to the end and back and forth, free flowing and discover like going over the hill and seeing like a tower and going there and realizing there's probably a quest there. Bethesda mm-hmm. is one of the few games that does that. So I think um, it's not so much No Man's Sky, of course, but we'll see. Yeah. I, I it's something that they started making directly at the months after Fallout Four launched in 2015. Uh, right 2015 so early 2016 they started whiteboarding this game and and chalkboard and, and post-it notes and then they started building it and i'm excited uh but there's more yeah. to talk about that but welcome nathaniel johnson uh to channel membership i've been talking to him back and forth on dms he's been asking me questions and we've been talking about what's coming up and what to be excited about but um so yeah i mean first person and third person combat right that's what you're yeah. expecting like oh. People yeah. probably stay in the first person view, and yeah. they can see their character in third person and walk around if they want. What do you, what do you think is going on with that? I would be shocked if they ever stepped away from that because I. That's the other thing that just me personally has always liked about a Bethesda game studios game is not a lot of people care about this, and I totally get it. I'm a sucker <laughs> for seeing my character though. Like I like yep. third person games more than anything. Like I need <laughs> to see you. You spend all that time in the character creator, and you're telling me you don't care. Do you I make have, your character look like you? Uh, yeah, like in the case of Mass Effect, that's the only RPG I just use default because I think they look cooler. Like Mass Effect, especially I was reminded again, going back in there, they don't have any longer hairstyles. Like even mine, like my hair's not <laughs> super long, but they don't have anything close to my haircut, man. They got buzz cuts and-, and You're supposed sh- to be a military alliance <laughs> commander. How dare you grow your I hair know, out? right? It's like, dude, I, I run this <laughs> ship. Like I can, I can grow my hair out. So I just use default Fem Chef for that. But otherwise, yeah, I try to customize a character that looks like mine. Or in the case of like Dragon Age Inquisition, I'll play as a Quarian. Like I'll just, uh, or not Quarian, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the race, but because that's Mass Effect. But I digress. Um, <laughs> they should I will, do some crossover though. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing, right? It starts with a Q. It's, it's bothering me now. Someone in the yes. chat will catch me. Um, get it. But anyway, I, you know, my point being is like, I'll, I'll mess around with that type of stuff. But I'm hoping that Bethesda continues that. I would be shocked if they didn't. We already know third person is going to be there just based off the leaked screenshots. And actually, oh, there is first person. Now that I think about it, there was another leaked screenshot where someone was looking at a floor. <laughs> in, yeah, in this, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. It's definitely. Oh, they're saying it right now. Quinari? Quinari. Thank you. Not not. Quarry. That's close enough. Come yeah. on now. They just, they steal from themselves in that yeah. one. Yeah. That, that really is just a jumble. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. No wonder I messed it up. Oh my God. <laughs> so close. Uh, yeah, I mean, we know obviously it's first person combat. There is a HUD element that shows a health bar, an oxygen bar, a grenade, and a and a and an assault rifle or whatever, or a shotgun. So yeah, I mean, you can expect uh, to get. I hope it's more Mass Effect like, and I mean, Fallout in space would be great. We haven't. There aren't many games that are like Fallout, and we when we talk about Outer Worlds, I enjoyed the game, but it missed a lot of things that we loved about Mass Effect or Fallout, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, Fallout New Vegas is one of my favorite games. Are you a fan of that one? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, if you're just joining us, we've got twelve. 1200 yeah that's how you say that we've got 1200 people watching live just over that and a bunch of great people in the chat i'm 
I'm talking to Maddie, so I'm trying to keep an eye on the chat, but I see a ton of great people and great friends and great supporters. People are excited to see Maddie here and I with me talking about some of the coolest stuff coming up. And uh, if you're listening after the fact, you've done that because of Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts let you put in earbuds and, and listen to us talk about the best RPGs ever. Drunken Ninja says, off topic, which is our show today right off topic <laughs> i'm trying to play the guitar any tips on getting better at transitioning love the show and ex- love xbox you play guitar maddie no i tried when i was younger but uh, <laughs> i had more piano fingers honestly and that was oh. the first i got okay well okay as far as playing the guitar uh just learn some chords and or pick up one of those books that shows you tabs on a couple songs you like and just have fun man uh, nobody's going to become a rock star right now. You got plenty of time. Just enjoy, <laughs> just enjoy the hobby. Nano Polymyth in the chat uh, gives a super and says, "Huge congratulations on the continued growth and success." I'm sure he uh, probably means both of us because, uh, hey, isn't that great to reach an audience and talk about? You get absolutely. to talk about gaming in front of a mic and on a camera. It's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it's just great to have the chat here because I say the people we work with probably don't care about gaming, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we get to sit down and talk to people like this, we talk nonstop until we take a breath because we freaking love this. Uh, we love this hobby a lot. So absolutely, man. All right, Maddie. That brings us to our next thing, uh, which is inevitable. Uh, there is a joint Xbox and Bethesda presser, they call it, but we just call it the E3 conference. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they had talked about doing a separate show, but now it sounds like they're going to do it together. But the weird thing is, uh, it's supposed to be in like two and a half weeks and we haven't heard a word of when this event is happening. So what are your expectations for this massive Bethesda and Xbox joint presser? Yeah, I, I was wondering the same thing. Cause I felt like I missed something and that's not good, right? That's not a good feeling, <laughs> especially when you're doing this for your living. You're like, I do an Xbox show. I do Bethesda news, Xbox news on my channel. And you're telling me what? And (laughs) did I miss it? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, did I miss the announcement of everything? And I see like, it was a subtle thing. Matt Booty said, I'm like, all right. Uh, I don't know why I, 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 either they're running under the assumption that would Phil tweeted out all those months ago that ether is happening. He's like, yeah, we'll be there that they'll just announce it when they announce it, which I find a little strange because Mm -hmm. I feel like people want to start planning. And I know my friends used to take off of work to watch E3, man. Like it's a big deal, especially like this is the return of it. So in terms of expectations, are we going to talk about what's going to be there? Or are you just saying like what's happening with the show? Like timing? Well, we don't know what in the world is going to be there. So it's free form. We don't have to worry about, um, you know, upsetting anybody, you know, because they do. It's super important for these these studios to not have their stuff leaked. And so mm. far, nothing's really leaked. So, yeah, you can tell me about expectations. There are quite a few things that people are expecting to see. Yeah, I'm, and I'm curious to get your thoughts too, uh, just because I, I want to know. You, you've been tracking, I think, Xbox closer and longer than I have, so mm-hmm. you know, I'll be interested to see what you think of some of my ideas. And one of them is, I you know, I go back and forth on like when will they start to really show Avowed and Fable? Those are two that I'm I'm just very invested in because yeah. you know, uh, for Obsidian to have like a AAA RPG that seems to be like this is our Skyrim. Like to me, that's like whoa and then fable is just is of course you know there's that love for that series but it's the sheer curiosity of hmm this is a this is a former open world racing dev working on now a fantasy rpg this can either be kind of like a guerrilla games 
sort of success with Horizon Zero Dawn, where they go from kill zone, a first person shooter, to a third person open world game, or this can just be a train wreck. So I'm just ultimately curious about both of those. But, you know, based off their announcement timing, getting the feeling that those are likely, I'd say, Fables falling late 2022 and maybe early 2023, and then Avowed's mm-hmm. likely in 2023. Yep. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And yeah. so I'm wondering, is it like too early to show those? The reason I say that is because. Xbox just has this knack for revealing early. Yeah. And it's why I've been a big advocate for, hey, if you got any idea on what you're doing with Fallout, just show it at this place. Like, just like if they're like, we've assembled a new Fallout team. We're, 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 we're making a team dedicated to Fallout developers with like Brian Fargo and Tim Kane and Leonard Boyarski and Todd Howard as executive producers on anything we do. And the rest is just like development side of things. And if you could even announce that, I think that would be just extremely exciting for Xbox fans. Um, so I, I just feel like if they're going to pull the trigger on anything early, this should be the show for them to do so. Right, We're coming off hot from the Bethesda announcement or really confirmation, I should say, of that yeah. roundtable. Yeah. And we, like you said, uh, I mean, I don't know if people would agree that Xbox shows stuff early, but they sure have started to, which is really mm-hmm. good because... Um, some of I've got some questions in here that actually relate to that, but um, sure. they've, they've talked about Hellblade in, at the end of 2019, and we might not see Hellblade at this E3. Uh, some of the questions I have regarding that is, um, uh, let me hit this one first. This is, this is has to go back, but Decimator808 says, I missed a super chat last week that said, uh, he said that his thoughts on Starfield, if it's not like Fallout 3 or 4, he will be very pissed on the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean i want it to be like fallout but i also want a slightly new experience I, i'm sure that's what bethesda is going for they don't want to just they're not going to uh reskin the game as a uh as a uh, you know rpg out in space but not on a on, on a desolate wasteland mm-hmm. terrence state says keep up the amazing work having awesome having maddie on and just burrito says do you think we'll see anything from compulsion games um oh. which they're working on a I, I guess you'd call it a third person uh, an adventure game. Something that Xbox hasn't had a lot of. So I'm uh, so excited for whatever they're doing. I'm not yeah. a big We Happy Few guy, but yeah. to me, it was a, oh, there's so many good ideas with this game if they just had the money. Because here we go. This You need a number one example of how procedural generation can ruin a game. Look no further than We Happy Few. It has right. some wonderful themes really good ideas it's messed up right you got the joy people are popping these pills they're happy there's a charm it to does the game. thing yeah it, it really does and i remember reviewing the whole time just sitting there going man come on just give me something and I could not fall in love with it and um that is a team that i'm keeping my eye on i'm so excited to see whatever they're doing because i feel like if they had a budget that game would have knocked that out of the park and sort of been a competitor directly to bioshock in a pretty unique way um, yes, so it was. It was very much Bioshock. Just needed yeah. quite a few things to round it out. Yeah, man. But so Compulsion has asked for more money. They basically they, they crowdfunded that game. And Gearbox came in in the ninth inning, kind of helped them out, right? You remember this? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I so that game kind of barely got off the ground. Uh, Gearbox likes to come in and spend very little money to make a return investment because mm. it's a business. And We Happy Few had some interesting things. But yeah, it's not a game that won me over, but it does some neat stuff um yeah so uh as far as uh compulsion 
We talked about Hellblade, like Fable. Uh, I'm not quite sure if some of those big games are going to be shown as far as gameplay because Xbox has been uh, talking about showing their games for gameplay-wise the year that they release or the 12 months or in the year that they release. So that's the that's the problem. Yeah. Xbox fans have been waiting far too long for big first-party Xbox Game Studio content that's AAA. They've teased Avowed. They've teased Hellblade. They've teased Fable. They've talked about Perfect Dark. And then now I'm not so confident that we'll see those games yet until next year, closer to when they release. But I think it's okay for Xbox to talk about their big franchises they're working on mm. often. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. You make a really good point, right? I think like, it's good to get updates on things. And I had a conversation about this and I think it's just about like when you know something. So in the case of starfield i think it's going to be weird because if like if xbox is saying like we're going to do this thing where we're going to when we reveal a game like it's going to be a 12 month window and you'll have it uh which would be fantastic and i think that's totally fine i can wait a year right like but when it's something new like a starfield i almost don't want to know anything until it's ready because it's not like when i learned about fable we'll just keep running with that you go okay it says it's from playground that's official um, we know it's a fable game. Like, all right, well, let's start thinking about what that could be like. And you can kind of drum some stuff up in your head because you know what fable is. Starfield, we don't know really what it is. And it also makes not to just keep wrapping it back to Starfield. I'm sorry, but you know, honestly, <laughs> it just makes it all the more perplexing if if it's number one against Bethesda Game Studios MO MO of like, hey, we're gonna reveal this game and release it in like five, six months. Now they're potentially revealing it when it's not coming out till late 2022 and potentially breaking Xbox's own rule. That's why this whole thing is like really strange where people are like, yeah, it's guaranteed to E3 going to give but, you an idea of it, but, but sorry, Bethesda can do their own thing, right? I yeah, mean, that's the whole thing. Um, Pete Hines is running their marketing and their, all their publishing work, right? He's their arm. He can mm -hmm. do all that work. And I'm sure that Phil has said, Hey, we, we acquired you. You guys keep doing business as usual. You guys know what you're doing. Yeah. So if, if Xbox has prompted Bethesda to show Starfield this year and Todd House says, well, we usually don't like to show a game until a few months before. And maybe they came to agreement like, hey, let's show what we have. Let's let's show another teaser trailer or maybe a small bit of gameplay because mm -hmm. we might not see a lot of Starfield as, as far as you won't see like an eight minute long uh, gameplay reel. Right? right. I don't expect that. But things have changed like. Now it's not cool to show your game early when people are working from home and they're not confident in delivering on a date. I think a lot of Xbox Game Studios games will be announced the release date closer to when they go gold. And I think that's a better plan for all these games that come out broken or feel like they're rushed from their publisher. That's a mess. We got Brett Bingham in the in the super chat that says Fable early 2022 with Starfield spaced out until holiday. 2022 yes uh i think fable is early 2023 or mid 2023 what do you think about that yeah that sounds about right um the the fable part for what you said the the thing with starfield is i, I wonder how deep into 2022 it'll be you know that that's the question mark there but fable i feel like that could easily become a fall 2022 title um that's me being an optimist though <laughs> It, yeah. it truly is, but like I, you know, it, it's going to be interesting watching Xbox maneuver this, just because 
they have the chance to get these. I I just keep calling them rolling quarters, but you know, you just have like a new big Xbox uh, first party studio game every quarter, and yes, you can fill in those gaps maybe with a third party grab for Game Pass because that's kind of like the thing you're going to be pushing more and more. Like we know we're going to get these first party games, and if it sort of shakes out, like I said, where you get like a Halo, a Forza, so on and so forth, then those dead months can be loaded up with like these big gets where. If Fable falls into 2023, maybe it's not that big of a deal if you get another Game Pass thing uh, for the fall. Because one thing we saw was EA Play get rolled in last fall. Do you anticipate like any big Game Pass announcements for, for E3? Yeah, there's the rumor uh, that Ubisoft's Uplay would be coming to Game Pass, mm-hmm. which is unbelievable if that was true. If There's, I don't know, over 50 games that would be included in that, um, yeah. as well as EA Play. People don't realize that, that, you know, when you go into Game Pass app, once you launch the, the EA Play app, you have a bunch more games to add to your collection. So you made a you made a good point. What people don't realize is there's a, <laughs> there's a certain subset of fans that are really hyper-focused on AAA first-party IPs from Xbox or AAA new IPs. Like, that's the goalpost that they have to deliver. But... I think what Phil Spencer and Matt Booty are looking at is we've got this roadmap that we haven't seen yet, but they've got this roadmap where there are is global publishing deals where they've got other studios that normally make multiplats that are making a couple of big games for Xbox. Mm-hmm. They're also bringing in exclusive, not exclusive, but they're bringing in day and date deals to Game Pass where if you're on PlayStation, uh, you'll buy that game outright at the day, but Xbox fans who are also Game Pass subscribers we just get it like Outriders. Like there's some big, there's a rumor about Battlefield 6 possibly launching day and date mm. on Game Pass. Yeah, I heard so that. people don't look at the big picture. If you're waiting for one thing, if you're because the goalposts will always move, right, Maddie? Yeah. If Xbox delivers a vow, this incredible like Skyrim type thing from Oblivion, you know, a fantasy RPG in first or third person, incredible, right? And they're like, well, you know, it's it's based on Pillars of Eternity, so it's not really a new IP, and it doesn't look like God of War. Like, that's the sort of stuff I deal with all the time, and I love God of War and Spider-Man and those amazing games on PlayStation, right. but that comparison is always happening. So, yeah, yeah. people aren't looking at the big picture, that there are massive deals being made. Xbox has got Dark Tide, Exomecha, The Ascent, uh, and Crossfire X, a bunch of games coming this year that are Mm -hmm. going to fill in the gaps. Think of it like this, like Xbox has this cup that's been empty for so long for like exclusive, (laughs) you know where I'm going with this, right? And then they throw in a couple of rocks, like big, big, you know, diamonds that are going to be like these first party AAA or, or, uh, you know, exciting looking games. And then they start throwing all these other small gems and gold nuggets and stuff. And maybe Mm -hmm. it's a game that'll be on PlayStation in three months or six months later. Or maybe it's a game that just comes to Game Pass and doesn't cost you really anything more. Uh, this is what it's going to be like to be on the Xbox platform. And I think we always see this, um, feel like I'm going crazy right now, but you see this, <laughs> this emphasis on Game Pass lately. Now you're starting to see why they push so hard. There's going to be so many games that you won't have to buy for $60 because mm. of all these deals being struck. And I think that will be the big takeaway that if you're on Xbox and you happen to spend ten or fifteen dollars a month on Game Pass, you'll have way more exciting games than you can probably fit into your schedule. Yeah, well so, said. 
anyway, I think that's kind of what's going on. Uh, we still don't know what's going to going to be shown. Wolfenstein three, you said. Do you think Wolfenstein three exists? Yeah, yeah. Not even like something I've heard. I should clarify that. But um, <laughs> I, or else there's an article written tomorrow. Yeah, or I know. And you know, we got a big audience here. Like people are hungry. People are excited. I get it. So I just feel very strongly that'll be the case, right? Like I feel that makes too much sense, strictly because like. I know for a fact that the full team at, at um, Machine Games was not working on uh, Youngblood, the one that came out at the end of 2019, around August, I believe it was. Uh-huh. That was a, a co-development by Arcane. So there was a lot of the team at Machine Games on that, but not this full-scale development. It was a smaller game anyway. Um, I believe that they were mostly working on Wolfenstein and I imagine you want to get that out the door as soon as possible because you got Indiana Jones waiting on the other side. And uh, I mean, they need to, they need to focus on Indiana Jones and get, hopefully, I mean, I'm not so sure that I've been talking to some of the back channels. I'm not super confident that Wolfenstein three exists, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that. I mean, that's kind of a wild card and it's been far long enough to where, Wolfenstein three could be out and it might be a multi-plat uh, RRD in the super chat says, love the Xbox community crossovers. Keep up the fire. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, Maddie, Mr. Maddie plays here. Isn't just an Xbox content creator. He's covers all kinds of different things. And I think it's really good to get this kind of, you know, get a lot of different people on the show to uh, talk, you know, see it from both sides. Um uh, it's yeah people are crazy as far as uh which preference they pick nordic black says it's my favorite six foot guy with the with the mohawk youtuber uh yeah the uh, the pointy hair yeah i said i'm five foot nine but i'm almost six with uh, six foot with the uh pointy hair uh, my favorite podcast to listen to uh brett bingham says i need a game set in the halo universe set as the arbiter that follows his story and runs on the id tech engine. Oh, it's a dream come true, wouldn't it be? Right. Imagine the level of gore with energy swords playing as a Covenant elite. Uh, do you think that Halo is going to make the jump into id tech and 343 mm. might back off in the future? Mm, that is a spicy mm. subject. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like a fool's gold. You know, that doesn't, <laughs> uh, you know, I'd love for it to be true. I would, but I just don't know if I see, because like, there's such a difference in speed for Halo and Doom and how id Tech um, and just it in general just makes their games. I I would love to see it. I think it would be amazing. But it's almost like you run the risk of, let's say, id makes a Halo game uh, or a Halo spinoff of some kind. And it sort of overshadows the new Halo stuff that's going on. I think you create a situation that Bethesda got into with New Vegas and Fallout 3 where... You start to pretend New Vegas doesn't exist, but then you get brought into the Xbox family, and <laughs> that's your that's your good friend now. But there was some time where Bethesda, I remember them like releasing posts about Fallout anniversaries and celebrations and merch, and they were just keeping New Vegas to the side. It wasn't there. I so. think I think they didn't. Uh, I think they begrudgingly gave Obsidian that that green light on that, and mm-hmm. I think <laughs> I think they know that the fans love new vegas even more than three even though three is incredible right yeah uh i if you were here maddie i have a, a huge poster this big i don't know this is in my camera range uh made on metal of fall new vegas i'm looking at it right now above my camera. i remember you posting it on uh, yeah Twitter. it's I, I mean i love the game absolutely love it 
Daniel G says, Maddie, going from mainly a PS3 player to an Xbox YouTuber helps me believe in redemption. <laughs> I, <laughs> I also really hope Bethesda implements a Fallout 3 VAT style in Fallout 5. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was okay with the new Fallout 4 VAT style where it was kind of in slower motion. Yeah, I think that was fine. Like, and I think they did that because the shooting was great. They worked with machine games and the shooting was more natural. In yep. Fallout 4, so you could have slow motion vats, but in three in New Vegas, you kind of need to stop the camera mm-hmm. and uh, get your target acquisition. Let's but, just put oh, it this man. way the, the vats was the way it was in those older games because the shooting was that bad. They were just like, we need something to make sure you can hit your target. And so, <laughs> uh, I wanted to get back to id tech. It's a good thing. Carlos Fontes, uh, font fonts. Carlos Fonts says id tech is the guy that Microsoft told 343 not to worry about. Uh, you know, when you think about 343 and Microsoft investing in the Slipspace engine. Uh, you you can't imagine them setting aside the Slipspace engine and building the next Fallout and id tech. But Phil did say he was excited to see the teams collaborate and maybe create some things that could work together or just work with the id tech team and get mm-hmm. better programming ideas, I guess. You can only wonder what that kind of crossover could be in the future. I mean, you're, you don't expect to see an id tech fallout right or id tech uh, halo no i would love to see that i don't personally i i think the more early realistic one is something involving bethesda and obsidian not even because i want it right like of course i do yeah. but i just think there's no coincidence that phil got in exile who most of the developers there like started fallout you had obsidian where a lot of developers carried the torch for fallout as well as were there in the founding uh moments of that series and you have Bethesda who sort of pioneered it into the modern age and Obsidian mm-hmm. being one of the best modern Fallout games. And I feel like there's too much just heritage there where Phil's got to be, and his team's got to be cooking up something where um, there's a collaboration there. I think that's the most easy early product to make in the terms of maybe familiarity and minds meeting. Beyond that, it's going to be interesting because you know I remember in that roundtable they spotlighted I think it was Tango Gameworks made an enemy for Doom Eternal, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, and that, I thought that was pretty neat. And so I don't know if it's just going to be that extent where maybe id Tech will make some type of enemy for Halo Infinite um, and how far that'll go. Or will they oh, help they could, them? They could sure use that. Yeah. Right. And, and so uh, tweaking that, perhaps. Paul says, how likely is a Halo Doom crossover by id? I don't think so, mm. but it would be great. It'd be great. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> People are so excited about this. Uh, Philip Boyle says, would you would you two like to see a director's cut re-release of Mass Effect Andromeda before they do the next Mass Effect? Both mm. galaxies were in the Mass Effect 4 trailer. Mm. No, I just I would just like them to, uh, if you're just on console, I, I'm mostly playing console, I would like to see them uh, patch that game to 60 frames. But, I mean, I kind of went back and tried to play it. I played it first on PC at 1080p60. It felt great, but the game needs more than just yeah. a director's cut, I think. Uh, I want to welcome the, uh, Mike Ortiz, who I see all the time in the chat as a channel member. Welcome. He's got the Kate Diaz gears uh, badge. Um, but it's, it's crazy. These crossovers would never end if we if we just let them keep going, right? <laughs> so uh, let's talk about – let's. Let's get off with Bethesda for a minute because they're super busy, right? They, they got they have to get this thing ready. Um, a Kirby Louise in the chat. Kirby Louise, great a, a developer. Rendering technology is engine agnostic. 
uh, Kirby's going to say some words that I probably won't understand, but we're going to read it anyway, right? Good person. You can still have slip space, Unreal, id tech, Forza tech, etc. Each work for their devs while simultaneously sharing graphics tech for better performance. Trust me, I'm a graphics programmer. Ooh, ooh. So yeah, if they can work together, uh, that is great. So let's talk. Let's 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 shift gears into into the craziness. Bio Mutant is the new hotness and the new uh oh dang but great looking game you played it and you reviewed it yes um for those who haven't checked out your review uh take the wheel (laughs) a big sigh yeah is that enough (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, so Biomutant was a game that uh, you know I noticed a lot of people getting really excited for. A lot of a lot of folks are writing into my channel because I do a lot of RPG content and saying like, "Hey, Matt, are you going to talk about it?" And it started to become a thing where I just see like tons of comments just going, "Talk about Biomutant!" Like they didn't care what I said. Talk about Biomutant, um, and it's because I was playing it the whole time, and so I was just oh, they, were, they were stalking you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I don't even know if they were stalking me, but I think they were just like asking me to make videos about the coverage that was ramping up for the game, like all the trailers and whatnot that they were doing. Um, but it's funny because I was on Iron Lord's podcast just yesterday and mm-hmm. King was uh, was really hyping up Biomutant. And I'm sitting there smiling because I, I gave it away for a sale, long story short. And I'm sitting, he's like all excited on it. He's like rubbing it in that, you know, Xbox got in a native 4K. He's like, we're eating good. He's like, it's it's gonna be a great game. And I'm si- I'm smiling. He's like, Maddie's smiling because he beat it. He knows it's good. And I'm smiling because I'm like, it's all right, you know. So and you're like 24 hours from embargo, right? Yeah, I literally messaged it. To, I messaged it to him, and I was just like, I'm gonna need your address because I need to mail you an apology, handwritten. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said uh, in my review, pretty much, Biomutant has a lot of really great ideas. It manages to stand out because of its unique nature with its kung fu combat. It's post-apocalyptic open world. Um, there's creatures all over the place. It's got a really strong character creator. Lots of skills and classes and builds. Um, you can get mechs. You can get on horseback. You can get in like your own submarine type of ship. Almost. That sounds like the recipe for an amazing game so far. The way you're, you're yeah. giving us like a, you're giving us a live review right now. It's like, beautiful. It's a beautiful game. Lots of color. Um, tons of open world objectives to do there's choice and consequence right so you'll like kill a tribe and it'll impact another one this all on paper sounds fantastic and i know if anyone's watching knows my stuff you're like that's such a maddie game the issue is that it's by 20 people so you feel as you go deeper into the experience that it's really been spread thin so Mm -hmm. if they maybe cut like one of the mechs or cut the horseback or the mount system and and focus more on the choices if they started to narrow just a little bit, right? Because part of what's it draws its ambition for such a small team. It's really impressive, but it starts to get into a repetitive routine where you're clearing outposts like mm-hmm. Ubisoft on steroids. Like it starts to get to that point. Um, and with the RPG elements, what happens is you're not solving stuff in these creative fun ways. You're really just avoiding content. So without spoiling anything, pretty much oh. there are these outposts that you'll clear. And I got to a point where I was killing everyone because I was trying to do an evil playthrough and oh wow and and so after clearing out two tribes there were five in total and they were like all these tribes are surrendering would you like to just kill them anyway I'm like no I'm just gonna let them surrender and it just pops the achievement I cleared all the bases in the game 100 gamer score I leap to the next part of the main story and I'm already there towards the end like it becomes a very short game 
Oh, so the wow. problem is that you either stick with the repetition or I think the game is self-aware and they're like, you can skill check through the stuff that's monotonous. And it's like, well, at that point, you're not rewarding your build. You're just avoiding content. I don't think that's really good. So I gave it away for a sale. If you get it for $30, $40, I think you'll enjoy it a lot more. But um, there's some really good stuff in there, some really good ideas that I think people are going to like uh, and people are going to be drawn to. But I just think for $60, there's too much rough around the edges for it. That's crazy. Uh, listening to you talk about it, it sounds absolutely phenomenal. But mm-hmm. I I watched a couple of reviews. Uh, I watched ACG's review this morning as well, and of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I'm like, everything here is like a paint-by-numbers great game. But there was like this, uh, you, you kind of alluded to King David, there was this uh, era of Xbox fans holding it as one of their own because it runs at 4K 60 on the Xbox Series <laughs> X and runs at 1080p on the PS5. And uh, I, I want to talk about that for a second because there is another game. There's a Sniper uh, 2 game. And what was the other one on my list? Uh, I can't remember. There's been these games that are kind of cross-generation or back-and-pat that don't run as well because the Xbox has a better back-and-pat system. So Xbox fans were really hyping up Biomutant. And I had heard behind the scenes from someone reviewing it that it wasn't uh, wasn't impressing them too much, which bums me out because it just had a cool look. I played it at E3 in 2019 for a few minutes. And uh, how much time did you put into it? Uh, about 20 hours. Twenty. Oh, wow. That sounds short from the way you described the game. It sounds much longer than that. Well, that's but- the thing is, yeah, right. Like what I was saying is if I did all of those bases and those outposts and everything, I probably would have added another 10 hours on my clock. I didn't do all the side content. I should mention that there's a lot of side quests you can do. Um, but even then, like if you do all that, it it can get repetitive quickly. So it's almost like skip the main stuff, get all of your tools throughout the main story and then just go do side content and mess around. But yeah, it is a, it is a beefy game to some extent, but I don't know if it's beefy in the way we were kind of praising mass effect where it's like, Hey, it's replayable. And there's a lot of quality here. It sort of loses its quality over time because it just overstays its welcome and doesn't really narrow that scope. Yeah, it doesn't have that pacing where you feel like you're doing enough exploration. Now it's time to fight and then get back mm-hmm. to a quiet time. Yeah, and it's tough, a lot of games but, will do that. It's yeah. is it is it a difficult game? Yeah, and in in the ways that probably aren't good, you'll you'll have some BS deaths just from the combat doesn't feel great. It it doesn't sound good either. I, I noticed someone mentioned that <laughs> I didn't say that in my review, so I'll say it here because there were so many other things distracting in the gameplay that almost the sound just feels like. I'm being picky. Like it, it's more like you'll like, I'll just be like using a sword. It'll sound like it's like, well, that doesn't make much sense. Right. It's, it's plastic. <laughs> you know? You're using a spatula. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it doesn't have that punch that, that feel that good, that good vibe to it that I think smooth combat's going to need. And the reason I say that is because like, it doesn't have a lock on camera. So you'll be targeting the wrong people. Your combos will get interrupted. I don't know about you. I have a very big pet peeve where I don't mind if I get knocked back in combat, but I like when I can get on my feet quickly. This is sort of a, you get knocked down, you rest on your back for a minute, and then you get up, and it's like uh. everything in the game can knock you down. So eventually you stop using your kung fu, and you just pull out your guns. And it's like, well, this isn't this doesn't feel right. Um, it's just got a lot of things that maybe patches can help iron out. That's I made sure to try to choose my words carefully as I typically do in my reviews and say like it's not a bad game it's just wildly inconsistent and kind of marred by 
technical woes that aren't just like frame drops and in resolution it's not that simple it's more like there's almost a feeling of you're going through sludge in combat like it doesn't feel as smooth as it really should be even on xbox series x where i reviewed it oh okay yeah i mean it should have no problem i mean it's a small team they say 20 some people say there's 60 Mm. uh i mean Experiment 101 of the studio said they have 20 developers working on the game. So uh, that's the number that is probably doing the brunt of the work. But uh, did you watch in the bushes as uh, PlayStation and Xbox fans fought over this and borderline insulted the developers over the the resolution? Did you see this thing from, you know, a little bit over the corner? Yeah. Yeah. What do you have any thoughts on that about kind of how that (laughs) it's it's kind of embarrassing that we have to deal with this, but uh I stay. I stayed back on this, but you saw some of this. I um, going on. You know, the thing is, is I have a okay technical eye. I've never, you know, for those who are unfamiliar with my content, I never claim to be like a technical guru where I can be like, this is clearly fifty-two frames and and <laughs> it's running on this processor. It's like no, I will not embarrass. I'll save myself that embarrassment. Um, when it comes to Bio Mutant, I'm pretty confident that 1080p upscaled to to 4K and native 4k there is a difference of course but Mm -hmm. i think most of the people who are complaining probably could not even notice that i don't know how else to put it not that it's this not a big deal i get people want the most out of their systems but this is going to be happening all generation not the arguing side of things i hope not but it's gonna be happening all generation where that will persist of course yeah (laughs) xbox will have these games that run better i said it in my review for um or my preview sorry for mass effect i said on the xbox when i tested it I mean, the game loaded really quickly. It ran better. Um, I've had way more technical issues on my PlayStation 5, for sure. Crashes and um, the, the loading takes a hair of long. Not like it's it's by like two seconds, I should mind everyone, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. enough to where it's noticeable. And so there's differences there. And Xbox can achieve 120 FPS on, on Series X with Mass Effect. It's like, is that really a huge deal? maybe well i mean are you gonna go are you going to going to go buy another system or are you going to choose where you play your games these are all choices that we have to make mm-hmm. the unfortunate part is we don't really have the choice to go buy a ps5 or xbox uh on a whim or a, a, a totally free be, it's a difficult decision because they're hard to get a hold of yeah exactly yeah so so these things mean a little bit more to people and i get that but the way I look at it is the best way you can go right now is if you can get into the Xbox All Access, get that Game Pass with with the subscription service to get your way into buy, owning the console eventually once it's all paid off, you know, or or just get a Series S, use it as a Game Pass machine, and buy a PlayStation Five. You'll have access to everything you need. Through yeah, there and then you maybe you'll yeah, maybe you'll fight less. I suppose. Yeah. David Kur- Kurhoff in the super chat says, "Love to see a Halo spinoff of an Oni operative." Uh, mm. That's the uh, the, the special ops people that work with uh unsc i think <laughs> it's been <laughs> let me brush up on my halo lore uh splinter cell like game i mean yeah that's that's a good mm. idea i loved halo odst it's one of my favorites actually I'm, I'm an outlier a lot of people don't like odst i adore that game a lot tyler ramsey says maddie as a fellow rpg fan what are your thoughts on grim dawn coming to xbox soon mm. have you been keeping up with the progress of the port I have not, I will be honest, but I did look into this game. I believe this is a Diablo style kind of action RPG, if I'm not mistaken. And it looked solid to me. I'm pretty much a sucker for those games. I grew up on Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance, Champions Ooh. of Norath, all that stuff. So 
I was late to the Diablo party. Like I played Diablo three. It was my first Diablo. And um, so I, I love those like hack and slash looting games. So I'll give it a look. But um, sadly, I'm not checked out the port as of yet. So, yeah, some of those games, uh, those fantasy games have uh, the champions of Warlock and you know, the names yeah. like that. Um, there, there are some games that don't sound as <laughs> as uh, nerdy or pretentious as that. There's a rumor about uh, Crisis, which has a very manly name, Crisis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crisis 2 Remaster, my favorite Crisis in the series. Oh. Have you played Crisis 2? I have to admit I have not. Okay, well, it's a... I'll give you the rundown. It's basically a mature Halo is how it felt at the time. Came out came out around 2011 or 2012. It's a first-person shooter. You're in a, a exosuit like Master Chief. You're using assault rifles, pistols, shotguns. You can cloak and go invisible for a few seconds. Or you can use the other button, which will give you a battle-hardened shell, oh, uh, which is limited. Right. So are you familiar with the Crisis games at all? Yeah, yeah, enough to talk about it, but um, (laughs) about that's as far as it'll go, right? Like, if you're asking for an intimate talk, I might have to just deflect and be like, I mean, this topic is basically a lot of people really like Crisis 2. There's an alien invasion that comes in and uh, some doctor wants you to go collect samples so he can use their power and the rest of the world wants you to just kill all the aliens so we don't have a mass extinction. And the aliens kind of look like Covenant. Uh, They're you know, they kind of look like something out of Halo, but it's just really realistic looking. So hmm. uh, the Crisis 1 remaster came out last year and yeah, I didn't it didn't go over so well. It, was a, it wasn't a very good port. So Crytek hasn't been doing a lot. They've had financial problems. And, uh, they, you know, for Xbox, the last big thing they did was Rise Center Rome, which didn't go over too well. But still a great game. I so that's just that something. <laughs> yeah, see, that's a great game. But uh, that's one that, you know, didn't get enough success. So it didn't persist. So I don't think we're going to see Rise, Son of Rome, Part 2 anytime soon. Do it um, anyway. Screw the financials. Right, yeah, just <laughs> come on. Just throw your money to the wind and, yeah. and let's give the people what they want, right? <laughs> uh, so let's talk for a second about you, you're not a big fan of Forza Horizon. Or are you just not super excited about the next Forza Horizon, which this will be the fifth one. And they put one out, out, out every two or three years. I um I'm a fan of Forza Horizon in the way that I typically do not click with racing games since probably Burnout growing up that was my racing game because it was kind of arcadey right like it was in the yeah, simulation not that Horizon's designed to be this racing sim but um I will say when I played Horizon three that was the first racing game that it clicked with me since those days so that's like well over a decade at minimum and that was kind of a cool moment for me so forza's always had my attention the horizon series specifically yeah i went into four through game pass um i didn't i didn't get grabbed as as deeply although i i wish i wish i had um i felt like there was too much too heavily monetized for for some of my taste with some of the, the features there and um, not that it's a bad game by any means. And it's one of the most popular Game Pass games and rightfully so. But uh, it just didn't grab me as deep. So for me, it's like it, if there was a Forza Horizon 5, say this year, it'd be like one of those good for good for the fans, good for the listeners. Yeah. Um, probably not for me, though. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big Forza Horizon fan. Um, I've played them like crazy. I, I played Forza Horizon 3 uh, up until the next one came out but yeah they really need to 
and they really need to do more. And Playground is one of the most talented studios that Xbox has, and we're hoping that they'll do some amazing stuff with um, Fable, but the rumor is it's going to be in Mexico. We've talked about this. I'm sure you've talked about this in other shows. I've talked about it here, but uh, that's probably a game that we will see this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, they did do that thing with the map where they just threw everything on there and they left it. And in the previous games, you know, I don't like the Ubisoft thing, but in previous <laughs> games, they uh, they let you clear the map. So you feel like you're getting progress. And they just left everything there. But yeah. uh, live and learn, I guess. Um, so that's something we will see. Uh, let's see. So we talked about uh, there's a new <laughs> there's a new piece of kit to play on Xbox uh, if you can afford it. Tom Warren actually shared this thing. Uh, looks super exciting. Did you see this tweet? You know what I'm even alluding to? No, I I, I will bring it up though. I got Twitter right here. Okay, so uh, I'll give you one second. So Tom Warren showed an amazing little gadget uh, that you can play Xbox on. Uh, Kasubi in the chat says, <laughs> if my cat doesn't poop rainbows this fall, then Halo Infinite is a failure. Oh yeah, that was a meme that went around for a week or so. Uh, if you know <laughs> about Halo Infinite, it was everything was riding on it, the whole world. But so Tom Warren shared the Surface Pro Duo, uh, the Surface Screen Duo, which is a foldable, expensive, portable laptop where the screen folds in half. And he showed how Xbox has now set it up out of beta for you to play games on the top half of the screen and have the dedicated touch controls on the bottom half away from the play screen. Because right now, if you play on game streaming, you can have uh, transparent touch screens that are built in over 50 games where you can touch screen on the game, but now you can have them on the bottom. This essentially gives you the ultimate like high-quality gaming experience on the go with the Surface Duo. Have you found it yet? Have you found this little video of it? I- I don't know if my mouth was like hanging wide open. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it looked it. like it for a second. I was like, oh my god, I'm watching this. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, man, this is what I want. I wanted Xbox to do a handheld so badly. <laughs> I know it's not exactly that, but I would. I, I've always said it would be so cool if they did like a game, a hundred dollar Game Pass machine that you could take on the go, essentially, or it's like a smaller screen that maybe a kid could have that they would like use in the living room instead of their bedroom or something to like get them with the family more. I don't know. That type of stuff was huge. <laughs> right. That type of stuff was huge for me uh, growing up with, with the Game Boy Advance SP where you could just take it where you want. So my mom would be like, Hey, come to Steve's baseball game. And it's like, okay, because I'd take my Game Boy with me. So I still, <laughs> still have the games, you know? So I, I just, I want them to do this so bad. So watching this video, it's like, yes, this is a yeah, dream. So do you think this surface duo is a hundred dollars? No. <laughs> so no, yeah, if, if anybody is if anybody's wondering, the Surface Duo is about nine hundred fifty dollars. But wow. it's also, I mean, you wouldn't. I don't know. You'd be crazy to go out and buy this so you could have a a, a way to play your games in the living room. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is pretty cool. I mean, imagine pulling this thing out of your backpack and folding it open, and you've got this high fidelity uh, gaming system that could play fifty games on Game Pass. Not quite ideal, but looks like a really cool um, party trick. I suppose. Oh my gosh. So uh, right now you can get, you can spend about 70 or $80 and get a Kindle fire that has a, like a nine or 11 inch screen. And you can just sync up your Xbox controller, or use the touch pads and you can have that experience for very cheap. But um, the surface duo did impress quite a bit, bit of people on social media today. Uh, for those that saw it, uh, it looks like a, cr- yeah, it looks like a, uh, 
Other Zinc says it looks like a fantastic cell phone. I think it's probably about <laughs> as big as a Nintendo Switch, but you'd be able to do everything. I think has the power to run production and whatever else you'd want to do on your PC. Wow. Look at Facebook on it. Yeah, it'd be amazing. So uh, Paris is in the chat. He says, love seeing Mr. Matty plays on here. Love his content. I mean, Thank do you, you have any haters, Mr. Matty plays? Or are you just a total <laughs> angel? I don't know. I think uh, I think with the whole Starfield thing, I got a couple of haters through that one because some people were like, you've misled me. Oh, gosh. But yeah. uh, besides that, though, I don't know. I might be doing a good job. Paris, it's good to see you as well. We should link up sometime. Yeah, Paris is amazing. Paris is like, there are people in this uh, in this community that they just always have a smile on their face you're one of them like that little smile i put you on the little backstage pass for you as a guest like i, I love, love seeing people art, like paris that absolutely love this uh love this hobby they love talking gaming they love playing gaming and they don't like bickering i absolutely mm-hmm. love it i've so, liked that about the xbox community i just want to say that like moving into it more with defining duke and expanding my coverage more and more like it, it has been it was kind of crazy to me how welcoming things were like a, a lot of yourself, other Xbox YouTubers were like immediately following me and engaging and just welcoming me in. Like there wasn't that feeling that you kind of, I got like almost a moment of momentary imposter syndrome. Cause I'm like, look, there have been people <laughs> here who are like, like you and, and so many other Xbox fans who have been like grinding through like the dark ages of Xbox one. And I'm here during the series era. Like what's up everybody. Um, <laughs> so it's just right. It's it's been amazing to just the the audience has been fantastic. They've sort of gravitated toward those news updates I've done on Xbox every now and then. I haven't done one in a couple of weeks, um, and I think some of the stuff we talked about today is going to be relevant in one of those upcoming videos. But yeah, the, the you know the more I, I get deeply involved, I'm just very thankful for the you know communities like you, the ones you've built, and and many others that have just kind of embraced what I do. It's been really really nice. Yeah, it is. It is really exciting because um, you said the dark ages. Like I, there was times there were there were things with the Xbox One era that were really great, but the overall consensus was that Xbox wasn't doing things right. And I'm glad that they made those changes. And mm-hmm. it, to see that excitement, it's super important because if one company dominates for too long, we start to see different types of problems. And one of them could possibly be that PlayStation put their games, their first party games, at seventy dollars. Uh, I think that's a direct result of them leading the industry for a long time. Uh, and then Xbox is doing the opposite uh, by making things affordable and working on accessibility. Um, one of those things that they've been doing, I don't know if you've messed with it much, but they've been putting a pretty high emphasis on cloud gaming, uh, which yeah. uh, have you used this much or have you beta tested it or? I unfortunately, well, no, I shouldn't say unfortunately, because now it's in, in beta for Apple products, but I have been just like, I have my iPad to my left here with some of our topics up. I have my iPhone. So I was, I have really have yet to, because when they announced like, Hey, we're doing it, we're, we're bringing it to iOS now through the browser. I was like, finally. And they're like, but you got to wait for an email to get invited. And so I have yet to receive that. So I've been dying to, because I'm here in this studio space. It's not where I live. And so I've been dying to when a video is rendering, like, hey, let me fire up, I don't know, Octopath Traveler. Mm-hmm. Let me fire up Outriders. I was playing a ton of that, man. And so that was like my jam for a while, like being able to continue a run in that game. Like that was the dream. I want to I want to achieve that dream. So I want to do, Karen can mention it, you've mentioned it, get a Kindle screen, just bring my Xbox controller with me, call it a day, sync it up, oh, yeah. stream here. Just yeah. Make it that simple. Yeah, I haven't messed with it a whole bunch. I bought a Razer Kishi, which is like a uh, plug-in controller you can put on the sides of your phone. Uh, I've messed around with that a little bit. But 
Uh, it's interesting because cloud gaming means a lot to different people depending on where they live. So different people and different parts of the world may appreciate cloud gaming more than I may, where I'm always mm-hmm. playing on the uh, biggest TVs I can get Same. and with a nice big headset on and, and wireless controller, all that stuff. But uh, it's definitely changing the landscape. Uh, people are really upset about Xbox right now with uh, with DRM. This is coming up again. Have you heard some of this uh, controversy about Xbox DRM issues? Yeah, I tracked it pretty closely with because there was the CMOS battery in the PS5 as well, which is a problem. Then people were like, yeah, Xbox. And they went, well, they might have an actually a bigger problem right now. I hadn't looked in. I saw a new report come up that I had not looked into. I think it was within the last day or so. So you'll have to update me on that. But Outside of that, I was tracking how the the one time server checks were occurring with with the older Xbox One games, mm-hmm. and and it would pretty much render the the discs useless. So, what's the has there been an update on that? Yeah, you're you're in the right you're in the right area there, and I haven't followed it too closely either. But people are really upset that uh, if you're a, if you're a gamer who only can play on disc based games and you're not attached to the internet, that your games need mm-hmm. a check in. Like this never like really properly went away from the controversy that was like 2013, right? Yeah. So if you have an Xbox console, and I haven't looked into it as far as it does apply to Xbox series consoles. Uh, somebody DM'd me and said uh, that they are a truck driver and they bring a console and when they plug it in somewhere, they can't plug into the internet. So their games on disc are not playable. And it goes beyond the, the original complaint was that if you buy a new console, you have to plug it into the internet the first day to get it online and working. And then uh, if you don't plug it in the internet, it's not going to work. And I always thought, why would that be a problem? If you're buying tech in the 2020s or even 2010, and you're not going to download your, your player profile or mm-hmm. build one, or, you know, at some point you're going to need to be able to take it to your grandma's house and plug it into her old AOL router. I don't know uh, what that problem is, but, there are things that Xbox still needs to fix, but I've also heard people say that their security is so important to them that they don't want to they don't want to compromise uh, not having con- consoles plugged in. I don't know. I don't think that's a viable excuse. Yeah, the uh, I'm, I'm looking because I knew I saw some YouTuber did. It was a modern vintage gamer, and I think he. So there, I don't think there's been an update, but he's sort of bringing more attention to yeah the topic that a lot of people have been talking about, um, which is yeah just pretty much that you like can't it says native Xbox Series X physical games like Devil May Cry Five Special Edition work fine. It installed off the disc and ran as it should offline. This should in theory mean that the games that are solely for the Xbox Series X should work offline and online. However, Microsoft's focus on smart delivery it means there's a current crop of Series X discs that run on Xbox one as well are essentially coasters. So, okay. It's a problem that's what they were smart delivery. That's the okay. nuance. Yeah. That's what I heard. I heard someone say that there was a minor smart delivery issue that was mm. uh, causing a problem. So, Oh wow. That's so that's crazy. If Xbox is having a problem with DRM related to smart delivery, which is supposed to make everything just work. Yikes. <laughs> uh, I don't see this as being a major problem, but it is something that needs to be fixed. Like, I can't imagine a, a very <laughs> large amount of people would run into this, but it is something that does have to be fixed. I imagine they will they'll 
they'll get the job done. I I think there's a pretty simple route for I don't think it rather I should say simple because I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I I imagine this isn't going to require a major amount of effort and overhauling from the Xbox team to figure out. It sounds more like a a thing that can quite literally be patched, which is good. And what's even better is that it's a proactive move. We I I've talked about this before where you see a lot of a lot of reaction in the industry. A lot of like this thing happened, so I say this. It's one of the rare times where we're seeing creators and the audience kind of getting ahead of what is going to maybe be a problem. And say like, hey, let's let Xbox know. Let's let PlayStation know. We can't have the internal battery um, or clock tied to a battery, and if that goes yeah. off, then everything's screwed because of its connection to trophies. Like we can't have these digital check-ins for smart delivery games. Like just let them run off the console. Um, that type of stuff is super important. So it's good that even though it's not a problem now, if, even if it's a problem in 20 years, it's good to solve it now. Save yourself the PR disaster, save yourself the headache and just do it now. Yeah. There was another talk about preservation, about how uh, someone, someone said that preservation on PlayStation is, is better than Xbox, but Xbox has this back and pat, all your games come with you wherever you go. Mm. And that's been like their memorandum that we're going to make sure that you have access to your games when and where you want to play them. And then there's this disconnect because I think things are more complicated than we understand as regular consumers. There's, uh, you can launch your game on the Xbox series X and then turn around and launch it on a, on a PC if it's playing anywhere. You can launch it on a different console. You can launch a game on 360 if you still have one. You can turn around and launch that same save on an Xbox One or a Series X moments later, and it ties in and, and grabs the save. There's all this stuff going on in the background that not a lot of platforms can do as flexible and as well as Xbox does. There's also game-sharing partners. Are you Are you a person that has a game share partner that you're loyal with over the years. Yeah. Yep. Right. One of my buddies. Yep. Yeah. And it's super important. And I also think there's crazy security. There's game sharing, there's flexibility, play anywhere, smart delivery, optimize your series. There's all these things coming into play and ev there's eventually going to be something that doesn't quite make the connection. I think now we're seeing it. Uh, others in the chat says no one's having this problem. No, there are people having this problem. This is coming up. Even if it isn't a problem, it's a problem for someone and it's going to become a problem and Xbox needs to get ahead of it. It can become yeah. a PR problem. The words are coming out of their mouth that preservation and play where you want to play is important to them and to all their customers. They have to fix it. It's it's an isolated thing, I suppose. Um, so uh, where, do you, where do you play more, most often? Xbox now, yeah, because... It was really interesting. I didn't expect it this way. This is before we even like agreed we're going to launch Defining Duke. I was playing well, my PS5. Your show, by the way, uh, you know, uh, give a little. Uh, oh yeah, a little promo there. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I do Defining Duke. It's a weekly Xbox show over on Last Stand Media. That's with my co-host Carrick of ACG. I also awesome. run my own show on my personal YouTube channel, Mister Matty Plays, called Ham Radio Podcast, where it's myself, ACG again. Uh, but also Dustin Furman, who is a co-host at Sacred Symbols and uh, formerly of Handsome Phantom. Oh, yeah, um, with with uh, Colin. Yeah. 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 So, you know, once this new generation kicked off, I immediately dove into Demon Souls Remake, loved it, had a great time. And then that was it. 
Game Pass took over, and I've been oh, really? really, yeah, that was really what happened. Um, and I, I found myself reconnecting with older games and just kind of falling in love with gaming again because I was so into the new, new, new. As I tend to get with content in the holiday period, that it was really, really nice just to, to, to find a console that that had this service that pulled me back in and sort of reminded me in a way, not like I ever lost it, but just another reminder of like this is why you love what you do. Uh, Game Pass was really a a conduit for that, and mm-hmm. so getting in there, getting in that library, it's it's the main place I game now, and I, I typically request review copies for it. Um, it's and it's been nice because I, I I I say it pretty openly. I was like, my Xbox One was mostly a dust collector. I hate to say it, you know, it really <laughs> was. My I played PS4 all gen. I had an Xbox One. I bought it day one. I was there for Dead Rising and Rise, Son of Rome. Like they showed good games. Killer Instinct, and I was there to support. It was them. a good and first year. And it, then, yeah. it really was yeah. a great first year, and then it just kind of fell off from there. And um, it was unfortunate, but yeah, the Series X has has really demanded most of my attention on where I play. Oh, it's it's crazy. I I have some kids. Uh, <laughs> I have a, I have a couple kids, and I bought them Game Pass Ultimate, and then had one share with the other. And the, <laughs> I've had Game Pass for like two or three years, whatever it's been. Right. And so I got to the point where I just, I bought Ultimate so they could be online. And uh, when they started looking at the library, they were like, they were blown away because they hadn't really looked at it. And it's really, there's a couple gems that you get on that you would probably would have never played. Of course, that's what they wanted you to do is discover your next favorite game. But as Xbox starts bringing in these first party games that you don't have to go out and buy if you don't want, you can just load them up with Game Pass on day one. It's really amazing. Yeah. Um, I say yeah. it all the time that if I were younger, like, you know, for me, it was you just at I was at the mercy of when my parents felt like spending and also what was in the uh, the 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 flyers that came. What was in the Best Buy flyer? What was in the Circuit City flyer? And so being able to as a kid, you know, as even as someone who supports physical media, and I think it's like important we expand our collections. Say, hey, sign up for 15 bucks and you can look through hundreds of games and just download them. My brain would have exploded, man. Like, yeah, kid, yeah. kids are kids are luckier than they realize right now. <laughs> they got and, and parents are lucky, too, because they're like 15 bucks a month or 70 dollars. Like, it's easy buying easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did a um, this is back around the time Red Dead Redemption came out in 360 era mm-hmm. and PS3. Uh, I I got the Blockbuster Summer Game Pass, which let you come in and rent a game and take it home, and you could come right back and return it and mm-hmm. take another game. So I did that. Like every, I would play a game like for so many hours until uh, I'd keep it if I wanted to keep playing. But like I could essentially pr- take it back and forth every day. I thought that was incredible, but they only had like right. twenty games to choose from on the shelf to rent. But yeah, if the Game Pass exists, then I would have uh, my face would have fell off of my skull. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're coming to the end here uh maddie what have you been playing that's been keeping you entertained while you're not doing 17 podcasts and making videos <laughs> on the channel <laughs> uh i've been working on a, a video for my channel so i've been playing a lot of jade empire uh 2005 Whoa. bioware awesome. rpg and uh one that amongst all the bioware titles doesn't get talked about a lot there's a lot of kotor mass effect dragon age this is the one that happened that not many people appreciate i feel and so does i've been going back and, yeah in a lot of ways it does the beginning's very slow but outside of that once it kind of gets rolling it 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 has a strong identity of its own and i really enjoy it so that's sort of been the thing that that's been pulling me along as i uh 
I moved from Biomutant and Mass Effect, and, and I'm shifting around those games a little bit. Biomutant's, of course, done now, but Mass Effect is going to sort of be this go-to for probably the next month at this rate. So are you playing Jade Empire on back and pad on the Xbox? Yep. Correct. Does it have an enhancement to look a little sharper and run better? I don't yep. remember. It um it looks better, I should mention. It it's not it doesn't run better. It's still 30. It's still four by three, which Oh, it doesn't get the happens. 16 by nine, like yeah. some of them do. Yeah. Oh gosh. Sad. Yeah, sadly. But did you pull out an old Zenith TV to play it? Like <laughs> I'm playing it on a 4K TV, in fact. So it's been uh it's been quite a trip, but it's I don't know. I don't like I'm one of those people who didn't care that the Evil Within had those two cinematic bars at the top and bottom. A lot of people didn't like that. Like, I don't know. That type of trivial stuff doesn't really distract me all that often. Yeah, you get into it and you just enjoy the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. I've been playing <clears throat> Mass Effect like it's 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 unnatural. It's not it's not healthy. I've <laughs> been playing it so much. Uh I know I've talked to a lot of people in the community that are just now getting through one. And I am what I guess would be halfway through the game. I've, I have one more crew member to get and I need to do, I've only done like two loyalty missions and I haven't done most of the DLC. Like this whole package comes in. dude. It's one of the best games. I I actually wanted to ask you way in the early, early on the show, you talked about playing cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. I'll just say really quick. I know cyberpunk wasn't received. Well, I enjoyed it. And I know it didn't do anything groundbreaking whatsoever, but I really enjoyed the game. And I kept going back to kept coming back in this room to play the game when I could. Mm -hmm. And I, and I enjoyed it. Uh, Did you enjoy cyberpunk? I loved the game. I'm going to be real. Like I really, really liked it. And yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, like I, that was one review. I like people. I thought I was going to catch flack for as I saw the fallout of things, but I think I presented my points well, where I acknowledged like, Hey, for example, as an RPG fan, I thought the choice and consequence for this game was super disappointing. It is, as I said, very buggy, but underneath that, like I liked how the story was delivered. I thought it was great that it wasn't as bloated as the Witcher three, a game I do love, but that, that really, I felt took too long in the middle parts to, to find its footing. Um, but I, yeah, in a lot of ways, cyberpunk was your typical open world fair, but there was just something really fun about it. Um, it, it was it was the opposite of what I expected. The gameplay building and the way you would approach situations with tech weapons or stealth or melee like that to me was awesome. And I, yeah. I it was it was almost like open world Deus Ex at times where I, I oh yeah yeah I, it was. I really did like it. I did. I, I stand by. I still think it's a fun game. It just had a really bad launch. I liked I liked being in the world. I there were times where I just walked around the city or just driving around, listening to the music. I, I stayed on one radio station. I don't remember mm-hmm. what it's called. Pacific dreams. I think Pacific dreams FM. That's the only yeah. station I listened to. Uh, but I loved being in the world and I knew the game wasn't amazing, but I really enjoyed it. And so the reason why I said that was it's been kind of a rough year this year for games. There's been some great gems. You only played, I mean, you mostly played demon souls on the PS five, Mm-hmm. I would say my favorite game from the PS5 is Astrobot or Sackboy <laughs> Adventure. Like those games just put yeah. a smile on my face nonstop. And I don't think a lot of PlayStation fans would talk about those games as much. Mm-hmm. But there was just a joy there I didn't get from from PlayStation before and from Xbox. Uh, but this year's been a little rough, and yeah. a lot of games have been are being held out because people have been working from home. I've been working my full-time job from home. I'm in this, this is my office slash gaming slash 
content creation uh, room. I live here all the time. I don't know what you do <laughs> if you work full time or. I do this full time. So this space is designed to fuel everything I do There's a hallway <laughs> out there, which connects to a green screen room. I have a, I actually have a whole setup ready to go for, uh, I have my GameCube with the horrendous Batman dark tomorrow loaded up in it. And we're going to do an episode <laughs> of humanity's worst games. So yeah, this is my, this is my psycho cave. This is where I do all the madness. <laughs> it, uh, it's so great. Like I love, I just love being able to, to do this. And sometimes I never leave and, but <laughs> but eventually we'll have to leave the show, but it's been a really good time. The chat absolutely loved having you here, having a couple of guys just have some laughs and talk about games. And uh, there's just so much good stuff coming. I know that people we've got, we've had a rough year, right? Mm-hmm. And I hope everybody here got the console, at least one of them that they really wanted. Yep. And I hope that you're all getting to play the games and enjoy them. Maddie, uh, tell them where they can find you and where they need to look out for you. Where are you going right. to be most often? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This was a really good time, and I appreciate it. And and to the audience who watched and, and enjoyed, thank you for being so kind and welcoming. Uh, if anyone wants to to follow up on what I'm doing, my channel on YouTube is Mr. Matty Plays. Um, I do Xbox news, um, not as well as Colt, but I do some Xbox news. Uh, <laughs> I will do the occasional review, but my wheelhouse is really role-playing games. So recently I'm looking now, we talked about Biomutant Baldur's Gate, mass effect starfield um so a lot of those xbox game studios fall into that wheelhouse so you're going to see stuff from obsidian you're going to see stuff from an exile with their battle for steel town expansion for wasteland 3 one of my favorite rpgs so if you're looking for that on top of some original content like we do rpg time machine go back to some nostalgic games we do humanity's worst games we do a life and death series where we go back to these dead set franchises like sly cooper and we just Go into what happened. Um, it's like a 20 plus minute video. So if you want to check all of that out, that's on my main YouTube channel, Mr. Matty Plays. As for podcast stuff, I have a podcast, ham radio podcast on youtube.com slash Mr. Matty Plays. And then over on Last Stand Media, you can listen to my Xbox show with Carrick of ACG, uh, Defining Duke, where we, it's just a weekly news show, interaction with the patrons, and it is a, a good time. Both shows run about two and a half hours. Oh, wow. That's really cool. You were super busy. That's really good. <laughs> Uh, Matt McDonald Media says, not Xbox related, but just curious if you guys play the Switch. If so, are you playing Breath of the Wild 2 when it launches? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not as big of a Zelda fan as others, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really stayed up with the Zelda games over the years, Uh, but we have two Switches in the house and my kids, uh, they just, they're on them all the time. So yeah, that's, that's really crazy. (laughs) But yeah, we've, we had over uh, 12 or 1300 people watching live. Uh, This is Xbox newscast podcast and if you're listening it's because you're probably doing that after the fact on youtube or on spotify google and apple podcasts it's nice to have those on there so you can just listen uh, on the go maddie had a good time meeting you this is a good excuse for us to meet uh, now we know who we are and uh yeah thanks for everything of course and uh you know have fun i appreciate the chat talking uh, i was trying to keep an eye on it i really appreciate everybody interacting uh, say goodbye give us a little wave for there those who are watching and uh, easy. yeah you guys take care and uh, of course be nice <laughs>